control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, Mark is is with us tonight, but he's not sitting in for this segment. Uh, JJ here, as usual. Thanks for coming in. No problem, Ian. Uh, but we've got a special guest here, and we've only got three microphones in the studio, so we've got to do a little shuffling. And our special guest tonight is a man who has spent the, pretty much the entire week in a jail cell here in Keene, New Hampshire, for the horrible, horrible crime of wearing a hat. Terrible. And he is with us uh, tonight, Pete Ayer. Jump right up on that microphone nice and close. And good to be help. with you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you back right here. It's It's been too long. Yeah, it has. I mean, uh, we've been back in the area a little bit now, so it, I guess it's about time. And unfortunately, I wish it would have been under better circumstances. Yeah, you and a, a, demo, a demo are, uh, you know, you came back here, you're kind of getting, what happened was down in Massachusetts, you're facing some charges. We talked about wiretapping actually last night on the program right. and mentioned that you guys are, are facing some charges down there. Uh, and they just kind of screwed you around basically at the last uh, hearing that you had. Right. Uh, and they put it off again. They put off actually having the trials. It was supposed to be a trial for one of you, and they, they put them both off until February. Correct. And so you were kind of hanging out here in Keene for you know, the time being, maybe kind of getting situated and setting up some, putting some roots down so you can kind of make Keene your home base for, for future Liberty on tours. At least right. that's my understanding. Yeah, we had, we had plans. We were revamping websites, and uh, we had some plans to hopefully uh, get some. In- some streams of revenue coming in through some different business ventures, and, and uh, we, we hoped, uh, like you said, to make Keene uh, put our roots down here. So, And now you've been arrested for your yeah. first time ever in, in, uh, in New Hampshire. That's right. In Ke- <laughs> in Welcome Keene. to the club. I know. So what better way to put some roots down uh, than to get some legal charges <laughs> yeah. going? Uh, you got arrested on Monday morning. We talked about it in detail on Monday night's show right. when uh, you were sitting actually in the courtroom, the district court here in Keene, awaiting a couple of trials that were going to be happening for some other activists. Right. And uh, you came in with a hat on your head. Yeah, I had no intention of being arrested. I went there to support some friends, and I sat down. So and, you didn't even think about it. Like you, no. you just wore a hat in because you had it on, right? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, before we went through the security checkpoint outside of the courtroom, um, I had my hood, my hoodie on over my hat as well. And uh, one of the bailiffs asked me to take my hood down. I said, "Well, I'm cold." And he said, "We well, need to take your hood down." And I said, "All right." It was so negative I, twenty, by the way. At that very yeah, cold. It was day. very cold, and uh, I'm still getting acclimated to the cold, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took my hood down, went through the security thing, the, the wand and, and whatnot, you know, put my hat on, walked walked past the dude, walked in the courtroom and sat down. And, and like I hadn't even sat down to my recollection before this bailiff uh, told me I couldn't wear my hat. And, you know, to me, I was like, dude, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just sitting here quietly and I'm, I want to stay warm. That was it. And he approaches you and then actually grabs for the hat. Right. You kind of jump back a little bit. Hey, wait, that's my private property. Right. You can't do that. Right. Yeah. I mean. If I were out on the street, you know, and, and some random dude came up to me and tried to take my hat and then his friends jumped me, you know, I mean, no one would think I would be in the wrong for for saying these guys violated my rights. But because oh, but, they have a badge. Yeah, a lot of people are, I mean, I don't know how many, but some, inevitably the critics have come out, sure, the haters sure. are, have come out and they've, you know, all oh, these free staters, they, uh, you know, they just don't respect authority and blah, blah, blah. You know, why can't you find a real uh, issue? Why do you have to make stands right. on these I mean, things? The way I explained it to the guys, you know, that transporting me or carrying me, I said, Look, uh, you guys are enforcing man, arbitrary man-made legislation, and if that conflicts with natural rights or natural law, then I, I think you need to go with the former or, or with the latter, excuse me, and uh, side with that rather than this arbitrary uh, legislation. And and you know, I would get 
mixed responses from the from the folks I'd engage. But why do you have to be so obstinate, Pete? Why can't you just you know go along to get along? Take the hat off already. I mean, admittedly, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that the hat is is not a big issue. It's it's the fact that someone is telling me who is not harming anybody that what I can and can't do with my person and. That's the issue, and if and if we if we let this go today, then at what point do you say no? At what point do you say not no more? Well, Pete, from the video, it kind of looked like the uh, the police officer who arrested you was kind of uh, a little over the top in his response to the. What do you think about that? That yeah, took place. I felt that way as well. I mean, I just just uh, half an hour ago at the King Activist Center watched uh, the video for the first time, and mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate everybody who's taken video and who's followed up with this. Much love to everybody. I mean, it, it means a lot, and it, it really. Uh, I hope. For me, you know, it, it reinforces why it, it is that we do this, and I hope it motivates other people to stand up for what they know is right as well. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Like, I, all I knew was I was sitting down, and then the dude was talking to me, and I said, hey, dude, I'm not hurting anybody or whatever. It's my property. And then next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and, and like, dudes were kneeling on me or leaning on me. And Did they ask you to leave at all? I, no. No, no. Right. No. No, they, they just he, basically accosted you. Right. The, the bailiff demanded that uh, he take his hat off. There was some back and forth between uh, him and the bailiff. And then the police prosecutor, who's actually a police officer who doubles as basically he's a glorified plea bargain taker. Uh, it's very That's rare right. that you'll actually see him asking any questions in a case or anything like that. Uh, but then he f- just swings around right. and basically says, you're under arrest. I mean, this wasn't exactly yeah, and, what he said, but he just grabs you. Yeah, one thing I remembered... As I watched the video, like I purposely did, was I kept my hands in my in my hoodie, so I was clearly non-threatening. I wasn't, you know, doing anything, and my hands, if you watch the video, were in their hoodie. I wasn't acting in an aggressive manner at all. So I, I that's why my first response when I realized what was going on when I was on the floor was, you know, something to the effect of, uh, do you think this level of force is justified? You know, I mean, because I felt like, wow, this was over nothing. They really, really used a lot of force. Yeah. I mean, not only Perhaps. did they throw you to the floor, and of course, you were also being non-cooperative, so that was a factor, too, as to why you were on the floor. They right. wanted you to get up. You weren't uh, assisting them in their kidnapping exactly. of you. Uh, but uh, there, there was another cop in the same room, and he comes to assist his buddy. Right. This cop was in the uh, gray shirt. Yep, Griffin. Uh, is Griffin, his name. right. Yeah, he, and I remember they carried me... Uh, into that into that room behind before the, they carried you yeah. out he put his it appears that he put his knee on your head is right. it that's what i saw in the video yeah. is that what it, uh, actually happened yeah that's what it, i remember yes yeah and you were on the ground they flip you over again you're being totally passive mm-hmm. you're not fighting them or anything normally you would expect if right. they're going to put a knee on someone's right. head right. that they're trying to keep someone down from yeah. like jumping up and attacking them or something like that and they were triple teaming you yeah, basically so for no reason right it was so excessive and then they roughly carried me into that other room, and you know, I'm like, I remember I looked up and I noticed you could see his name on his right on his right uh, breast there, and I said, I said, Officer Griffin, do you really think that level of force was justified? Like, what did I, who did I hurt? You know, and and, and I, I imagine and he, he completely ignored you. Right. Well, actually, he paused briefly, and I thought like maybe he actually thought about it, but then I kept you know asking them on the way down when they carried me down the back staircase out the front door, they said. Oh, well, be careful so we you know, don't get dropped in your head or something to that effect. And I said, look, guys, why if there's even a risk that I may get dropped in my head. Then why don't we take the elevator? What have I done to deserve this risk? You know, like mm. well, it, are, you've been are disobedient. Exactly. I mean, that's what you did. I mean, that's the real crime right. here is that you didn't a respect their system by doing what they told you as far as what they consider the decor of the court. Right. Uh, you didn't bow down when they demanded you to. And that's really ultimately what a lot of the so-called crimes in this country are, is, is it's punishment for people who disobey. Right. And that's what you did. Right, and that's what I try to emphasize. The officer who transported me, I don't remember, uh, I think his first name was Chris, I don't remember his last name, but 
I had I had a conversation and with him, and I, I essentially asked him, "Do you think the level of force that just happened to me is justified for what I, for my actions or what I'm alleged to have done?" And he mm. said, "Yes." And then mm. I asked him, "Well, what if the, what if your orders were to?" Be, and I asked him why, and he said, "Because that's what I'm ordered to do." And I said, "Well, what if you're ordered to shoot somebody who doesn't take a hat off?" And he laughed and he said, "I wouldn't do that, you know." And I said, "Well, at what point between what what you think is justified today and the point that you use deadly force against somebody for?" for doing a non-violent, non-victim action, uh, would you say no? And he couldn't answer me. Yeah, they, when I was getting carted um, out to the jail by one of the people that arrested me when I stood in front of a police car as they tried to kidnap a young lady for enjoying a beer out in the park, um, the guy that was so, he was so seething angry, you know, red in the face, uh, he did not want to, to speak a word to me. I was asked, you know, talk, trying to have a conversation with him in the car on the way to the jail, and he just wasn't even interested in doing it. He cranks up the music and right. just like he didn't even right. want to right. to address to the face issues. that to face his guilt or his shame. Yeah, the officer did that in Greenfield when we were getting transported uh, last year as well. Just and these people the should be ashamed, right? That's it's what I was asking. The guy that actually assaulted you first, uh, not not first, first I guess it was the bailiff, but the cop that then grabbed you and like kind of threw you to the ground. Right. Uh, he's again the police prosecutor. I was like, is this what you got into the business for? Right. Is this what you became a police officer yeah. for? Are you happy to get, get cash your paychecks for doing this kind of stuff. Can you stick with us for one more segment sure, and talk sure. about what was like in jail and all no that? Or yep. We'll come back with more with Pete Ayer from LibertyOnTour.com. He's here with us. Uh, maybe if you want to sneak a phone call in, ask him a question, uh, feel free. 800-259-9231. More with uh, Pete Ayer and your calls about whatever you want. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. And uh, joining you tonight, it is Ian. JJ. And Pete. Yep. Special guest here uh, third on the third mic. Uh, Pete Ayer is with us from libertyontour.com. Uh, fresh out of jail. Probably no more than about four or so hours here uh, at this point. I had the privilege of being able to come and pick you up, which is unusual yeah, because I've been, uh, I've been told that if I come on the jail property, I'll be trespassing. So I had to actually get special permission <laughs> to come out. And you actually got to meet the uh, the jail superintendent. Yeah, uh, Rick I actually Van spoke Winkler. with him. Uh, I, I was brought so I was arrested Monday morning. I was brought into uh, the booking a booking cell, and uh, all my clothes were like my outer layers of clothes were taken from me, gym shorts and a t shirt. And then uh, I saw him that day, but he didn't talk to me. And then uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today he he talked to me at least twice. Tuesday and and really? a few times Wednesday. Yeah, was he talking to you about just trying to get you to process because yeah, that's the reason yeah. why we didn't mention this. Right. The reason why they were holding you was because you weren't giving them any information right. voluntarily. They ascertained what your name was eventually, but uh, they didn't get it from you and they didn't get any further information right. from you. So because you weren't cooperating with them, they uh, they they basically held you in a, in a jail that's cell. That's correct. And yeah. it would have been until further notice. Basically. Right. The way I, I justified it to them and the way I, at least to myself was I said, look, like. I didn't hurt anybody on Monday, and I was a victim, and you guys were the aggressors. And for you guys, here, the correction officers, to just 
to put me in a cage without absentmindedly, without questioning why I'm being put in a cage, and then demanding pr- my private information, my my photographs, fingerprints, uh, you know, place of birth, social security number, all sorts of stuff. Then that that further victimized me. It only compounds and exacerbates it. So, like, why am I as a victim supposedly uh, forced to give up my privacy? It just didn't make sense to me. So, so I sat there, and then after 24 hours, they uh, they tra- they they moved me. Yeah. Meanwhile, you sat in a very cold uh, booking cold. cell. Yeah, I learned, uh, and this is again, I learned this from Adema when he was uh, unfortunately arrested out in Vegas last year with Liberty on tour. Uh, he said he was so cold at one point that he used toilet paper wrapped it around him to stay warm, and I was so cold, mm-hmm. like I, I like uh, put a bunch of layers under my socks, and I put a layer on my legs, and and I had to sleep with my shirt over my mm-hmm. my knees and my my head and my shirt so I could use my hot breath to warm me up, and it was like I get I'd sleep for like half an hour at a time, and and I make you're sure, sitting up sleeping. Yeah, I mean, I tried. I had slept on my side. I tried to have as little surface area touching the floor as mm-hmm. the, the ground as possible, and I tried to be in a place where I could see like the correction officers, so I wouldn't be out of sight, out of mind, so they could see just what their actions were doing to somebody. And they all, I even had uh, one officer, one correction officer, come up and I, I explained the incident, and without my prompting or using this phrase, she said, "Yeah, it's a victimless crime." And I said, you know, again, I made the, the uh, reference, like, well, if 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 the man-made legislation differs, you know, uh, from from natural law or whatever, then then uh, it should be ignored, and you should favor the latter. But, and they were basically trying to freeze you out into uh, giving the information. Right, exactly. Right? I mean, they, they keep telling you, "Hey, just give you know process, and we'll let you yeah, out." Yeah, and there. they told me if I gave them information, they like bring me a, a mattress and blankets and this and that, yeah. and and. And then 24 hours went by, and they said it's their policy to move move you to the facility. So they moved me to segregation, where I was in a cell for 23 hours a day. And the hour out I had, I just I, I was uh, fortunate to talk to uh, my friend Lance, who's an attorney, and uh, he was essentially my eyes and ears for what was going on in the outside. And you know, uh, the superintendent Rick and and some of his other colleagues would come by from time to time and try to get me to to uh, comply. And, and I and I gave them the same uh, rationale that I already explained, but. You know, so people are going to want to know why uh, now did you decide right. that? Yeah, at the end of the day, I just figured, like, I figured my point was made. I, th- I thought, like, I was going to go in there and I'm going to make it two days, you know, without eating. Uh, I made it, like, three and a half or so, I mean, by the time I got processed. But uh, I just wanted to make a point that, that I'm not just going to jump through the hoops because they tell me that I have mm-hmm. to. And if I, f- I felt like, I mean, it's a prisoner's dilemma. Economists will know that, but... If everybody were to say no and stand up, then there's no way they could do this to us. Oh, you're totally right about that. I mean, the, the system exists right. in its current form because of the mass obedience right. that people will just do whatever it is they're suggested or told to do and go along with the program and you know go along and to plea bargain. Along. It's it's based on the idea that people are going to capitulate right from the beginning. Right, and the superintendent himself in in my cell, he even asked one of his officers who was with him, "Hey, give us some time." And it reminded me that that scene from like uh, the Matrix when the the agent asks his buddy to leave the room so he can like you know get up close mm-hmm. and personal and he said give me some time to his captain or whatever sure thing boss and then so he's he's telling me like oh i should just take this deal and, and i'm explaining it to him and he admitted to me i said do you think the level of force that's been used against me is just and he said no and so i'm like well then make a phone call you know well, how can you let this happen it's unfortunate. I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, he's a mixed bag, right? right? I mean, he's running a uh, facility in mm-hmm. which he has to keep some bad guys and a whole lot of people that aren't bad, right. like uh, drug prisoners, basically. He'll tell you that a significant percentage of his prison population is or his jail population are in there for things that, you know, you should not go to jail. Victimless for. Right. Crimes. Yeah, he's a leech speaker. 
That's right. He, he works with uh, law enforcement against prohibition, and uh, right. folks can learn more about them at leap.cc. So on one hand, you've got this guy that like gets it. I mean, he right. understands right. that the war on drugs is insane. On the other hand, he's going to lose his job if he all of a sudden turns the gate open and yep. lets all of his uh, right. his prisoners out. Right. So he speaks out against what he does, yeah. and that's got to be a difficult position. It to definitely be in. seems like he has a conflict of interest there. I mean, no I did, doubt. I did appreciate it a couple times. You try to share like this is the what is if you do this, we're going to do that kind of thing. But but I also heard, got conflicting information because one of the officers at one point told me that uh, like when Adamo was brought in when he was arrested I was being brought out of the booking area and I and so um, one of the officers later told me that Adamo was was going through processing and he was going to get out that day so you know, oh they lie yeah. all the time you never you can't trust anything right. that uh, jail guards tell you they'll say they're going to get you something you say you need something like toilet paper they'll say they're going to get it for you and then hours later they never show up again right. and the shift change and then, right. then you've got to get the next bureaucrat's attention right. and it's just yeah exactly so pain. I mean in addition to me just like feeling like all right I've made my point on this issue right for now I also felt like I could have a bigger impact on the outside and like especially because you've got a guy now on the inside right. your uh, business partner right. uh, and Elo your Liberty on Tour partner Adam yep. or Demo rather right. uh, he is there now for 60 days he's day. been sentenced yeah. uh, for so-called contempt of court you actually have yet to even been arraigned on the supposed disorderly That's conduct correct. yeah so what happened today I processed and uh, you know I was told that after my fingerprints ran through the system they were going to be deleted and like I don't know if that happened right, <laughs> right, right. And, then, and then they like have all these other conditions yeah, right. like as, as they show up they say i have to pay the bail commissioner 40 bucks i'm not mm. i don't have any money i'm not wow. paying you that i didn't agree to that so he didn't get paid and then they have another condition that that i have to go to king police department and go through their processing there and i asked i asked everybody who uh ordered that and no one could give me an answer but yet i i went because if i don't go i have a warrant and they have all these other so where can people find me. out more info about this stuff yeah go to uh freekeen.com or libertyontour.com and cop block's been pretty good yeah, on cop it too. Block has been good as well They've been cop on block. the ball Copblock.org. Uh, Freekeen.com has posted a lot of the video footage as well. Um, but, you know, one of the th- parts I wanted to focus on was after you got out, uh, we made a phone call to Pork411, which is this oh, messaging awesome. system here, yeah. and said, hey, Pete's out. Uh, we're going to go and get some uh, dinner. I guess it was like 4 o'clock, basically. Right. set a time that was about an hour yeah, or so. Yeah, an out. hour heads up, and a bunch of folks showed up. and a lot of I counted at I, least 16 people. Yeah, and, and a random guy from, the, you know, that was biking by oh, came right. and he said, hey, thanks, man. And I was like, yeah, dude. And I said, all this, all this, everybody here is doing good work man you know yeah. and we all got we all got to work together how many times now you've been arrested a couple times uh, two three times outside of new hampshire how many times right. have you had a group of a dozen or so people show up to uh, to meet you after you oh uh, uh nowhere yeah. well mississippi we had some folks show up but uh yeah it didn't happen those uh, people Denver drove too from fast. Like, states away though, yeah right? mississippi? For, for sure yeah oh the community here is amazing isn't and it just to see like what's been going on here and then some of the folks you know elsewhere that have been uh, helping us out, uh, really appreciate it. It's cool if to if see. anything comes out of this that's really positive, it'll be that what has happened to you in a demo right. will hopefully encourage well, other people to get use, their butts in yep. gear and get up here. Yep, and we're going to use every tactic available to hold them accountable. So. I'm awesome. looking forward to it, and I know you're going to keep us in the loop, right? Yep, yep. Must Fantastic, have. Pete. I know you've got a lot to do. Yep. Thanks for coming in tonight. LibertyOnTour.com. That's Pete's website. Uh, CopBlock.org, great place to get the latest info. Plus, uh, FreeKeen.com will be following the story as well. Of course, we'll tell you more about it as it develops here on Free Talk Live. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. How do we bring liberty into the forefront of entertainment? How about film festivals? How about Sundance Film Festival? Pledge today to moneybomb.silvercirclemovie.com to help Silver Circle complete production by the Sundance Film Submission Deadline. Now's your chance to spread the message. Visit moneybomb.silvercirclemovie.com through the month of January to pledge. 
because Sundance needs liberty. Toll free, take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And, uh, again, freetalklive.com features all are free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their websites, we give them away. So enjoy stuff like our archives, where if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just download it. So I guess we didn't really promote that Pete was going to be here at the top of the show because we didn't know. I knew he was going to show up at some point tonight. And so some people got the, the news a little late. They weren't listening live. Tsk, tsk. And so they missed uh, missed the interview. So if you missed Pete Air, uh, you can just download it later on tonight at freetalklive.com. And of course, inevitably, we're going to have him back on. I mean, he's now in the area. He's out of jail. So I'm sure we'll have him back maybe we'll have him in to do a full night's uh, co-hosting with us because uh, the guy's great libertyontour.com is is, uh, is his site and uh, by the way again freetalklive.com the archives go all the way back to late 2006 so keep that in mind and they're all totally free by the way the free state project i think deserves a mention here we talked about uh Pete and how he got out of jail today. And of course, there's been help from all around the country to raise awareness about what's going on with Pete, to promote the the issue to the media, to promote the issue to the liberty community as well, to spread the word and also to kind of flood the bureaucrats that are responsible for his imprisoning, uh, flood them with phone calls and emails and communications from people who want to let them know they are concerned about their friend and what has been done to him. There's been a huge outpouring of support a lot of people have been paying attention and still are because the demo is still in jail and will be for another couple months unless they decide to let him out early things could change we'll see and we'll certainly let you know but uh, people are, are around the country supporting pete and a demo and i think that's that's awesome but what would be better is if a number of those folks if they're planning on moving to new hampshire move up your plans if, if it's at all possible to get here sooner rather than later do it if you never considered moving to new hampshire before maybe you're considering it now because the free state project is the way to go if you want to achieve liberty in your lifetime it makes sense to be around other like-minded people people who get the ideas of freedom and who have actually are so dedicated to them that they actually picked up their lives as we did the three of us on this program and move here to new hampshire and get active here certainly there's a lot you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and get arrested no or anything way. like that there's a lot of support roles that are, are definitely needed to be filled if you're good at making videos if you're good at writing speeches or, or making posts on the internet or going and talking on forums that you've been on for years or even Let, running letters, for to, letters to editor, editors Excellent. are huge and and i think that the creation of media is is uh, you know quite honestly i think it's uh, um, probably the most effective activism that one can do and there's also stuff in the political arena that's going on too yeah so go and learn more at freestateproject.org and get on board with this uh, project because already hundreds of people have made the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And over 10,600 people are currently uh, pledged to make the move. And so if you think it's exciting, you know, on the outside looking in to see what's going on here, imagine being here with your boots on the ground and being able to get out there and, and do being as, a part of this community. Yeah. I mean, just that alone is, is life changing. Being around people that you can agree with, that you don't have to talk about the government or your discrepancies with the conventional way of thinking you don't have to worry about all those sorts of hang-ups between relationships with friends that you have back home because here it's a lot more fun and easy to 
be a part of the community when you can just be yourself and you're just widely accepted for who you are. Yeah, and it's like a group of people that you've never known, but you feel like you have because you connect on a certain level that it, it really makes for easy friendships. It's like a group of people that are basically waiting to uh, to get to know you. That's right. And it's it's awesome. Of course, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up this summer. We'll tell you more about that as the days go by. Uh, but that's always a great chance to come out and meet up with uh, people like like Pete uh, and Adam, or Ademo, rather. I need to get used to that still. But Anyway, LibertyOnTour.com, their website. We'll keep you in the loop with what's going on with them. But there's a lot going on elsewhere in the world. And J.J., uh, you were going to tell us about it because we haven't actually discussed these international uh, issues on the program yet. Well, the Middle East is ripe for re- revolution. I have a uh, blog here from Forbes.com that kind of highlights a lot of what's going on. And we're going to start with Tunisia. And this blog, In Tunisia, Cyber War Precedes Revolution. On Friday, January fourteenth, two 2011, after almost 30 days of increasingly violent protests and government efforts to quell them, the president of Tunisia... Zain al Abidin Ben Ali, who has been in power for 23 years, fled the country. Wow! The prime minister been in power for 22 years. That always that always uh, you know lets you know that you've got a real benevolent dictator on your hands. <laughs> well, he, he lost his grip. Uh, the uh, the prime minister Mohammed Ganucci assumed control of the government and declared a state of emergency. The Jasmine Revolution has begun and almost and immediately made history as Tunisia became the first nation in the airborne world to have its leader removed through a popular uprising of its citizens, or more precisely, the Netzians, thanks to Tunisia's modern communications infrastructure, pervasive Internet access, and a completely digitalized mobile phone network. So they're saying that uh, communication is what made this possible? That's right. A lot of the the Twitters, uh, Facebook-type applications, social networking made the, the ability to coordinate... Uh, boots on the ground, if you will, or street action, mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, the gathering and spreading of the information. Um, ben Ali's repressive regime. Well, also, um, this is uh, this was to some extent was started by the WikiLeaks um, that came out. So, oh, oh definitely, yeah. WikiLeaks definitely had a, a part to play. They were they were involved. I can't remember what it was. They had precisely. a leak regarding Tunisia. Yeah, t- regarding Tunisia. That's all mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I read something about it and don't know. Now, what are they claiming? It's the first revolution in the Middle East. What? Because, I mean, uh, if a popular uprising uh, to replace a popular leader, I would have thought that the uh, Iranians overthrowing the Shah would have counted as that. Um, but the Shah, I don't think, is was was as much a popular uprising as much as a CIA-led uprising. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the Shah, Where, Shah was put in by the CIA. He wasn't taken out by the CIA. Well, I, I'm sure he was. There's the CIA had something to do with him being taken out, or at least propaganda, spreading dissent. I, d- I don't think so. That when they when they kicked the Shah out, that's when they you know t- kidnapped the Americans. The students held the Americans for hostage for. Okay, more than I think a year. we're talking about two different dates. Okay, I think I think what I'm talking about is when they replaced the the Shah. I don't know. I I was the, a child when it all happened. So and I'd then have to they, do more they nationalized though. the oil fields after that happened, because prior to the U.S. involvement with the CAA, the the oil fields were not uh, nationalized, so to speak, and mm-hmm. so the the people didn't get as much of the money from the oil revenue uh, sales. But I, you know, this I can't, you know, offer a complete validity to this article. I'm just yep, reading yep, just parts reading it. of it here. Uh, the repressive regime against journalists dates back a long time, but the spark for this revolution was self-immolation of a street vendor named Mohammed Bouazizi on December 17th. So this guy set that himself on fire. That doesn't happen too often because he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't get enough people to buy his food and buy his products. He's a street vendor. Wow. And the poverty was such that. 
he couldn't he couldn't do any sales. He couldn't put food on his table, or so to speak, or whatever he needed, because people weren't there buying his food because they couldn't afford to buy food. the The food prices had shot up more than seventy percent. Wow! And uh, the people had enough. I if you set yourself on fire, you've had enough. No kidding. I, so, I can't even imagine the uh, the what what you know what what somebody's thinking to do that. I mean, that's a pretty upset dude. And you're saying that sparked. Everything else? Yeah, basically, uh, there's a great article uh, about events in Tunisia where, wherein uh, Easton Zuckerman describes what happened next. Bawazizi's suicide struck a chord with the other frustrated Tunisians. Thousands took to the streets in Sidi Bouazid uh, to protest widespread unemployment, government corruption, and lack of opportunity. Another frustrated youth in Sidi Bouazid, Lashin Najai, killed himself by climbing an electrical pylon and crying out, No mercy! for no unemployment, or whatever, that's the rough translation yeah. of his, his speech, before grasping the high-voltage line. The Tunisian uh, government, uh. government responded by sending baton and tear gas, wielding reinforcements to the city, and by promising future economic development projects. But riots have spread from Sidi Bozid across the country, and the government has responded by closing high schools, university, arresting those they perceive as ringleaders, and imposing a curfew. And uh, basically it went on the... Uh, so this all happened now... It, it, this all happened after the president or the uh, dictator decided to leave, or just no? Before? This was leading up to it. Okay. Okay. Leading up to the dictator deciding to leave, there was a lot of people who committed suicide and did things to bring attention to their plight. And then they came in. The police come in with their truncheons. They start cracking heads. They promise economic opportunities. We're gonna right. yeah, here. We're gonna give you some opportunities after we beat you. Uh, and then we'll we'll continue the story here in a few moments at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the features on the site and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show over at promote.freetalklive.com. Everything from web banners to uh, printable flyers. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and help us get this show into more ears. Uh, of course, we've got a bunch of archives on the site as well, and those are all for free. Thanks to HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can get .anything over there at uh, hostgator.freetalklive.com. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and more than 4,500 different templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com can host you. They've got a 99% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee. 24-7 technical support, one-click script installs at hostgator.freetalklive.com. Plus, you'll get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. 
All right, so 800-259-9231. You can, of course, uh, take control of the airwaves here. We're talking about what's going on over in uh, the Middle East, northern Africa, uh, Tunisia. We're focusing on right now where, according to you, JJ, they have actually ousted the dictator, uh, basically overthrown their government there. Yes, the the dictator left the country on the uh, 14th of January. (laughs) And we're kind of leading up to that right now, talking about the street vendor who was... uh, Apparently, uh, he immolated himself. Yeah, he immolated himself. So uh, to set himself to on make fire. A point. Yes. Why, why would you say that? Immolated himself. It's a great word, man. It's fun. It but, is a great word. You, you say it once, so the we people don't get will. to use it that often. Okay. I appreciate you explaining what it is, though. Yeah. That's that's useful. Um, so so we're going to continue the story here in a moment. But we've actually got Michelle on the line uh, with some comments, listening in New Hampshire. Michelle, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey there. So um, I heard JJ mention Iran there, and and then you said that you were talking about Northern Africa too. So I'm assuming we're including Egypt in the Middle East. And um, I just heard from the kid's cousin today about several of her friends who were um, are being jailed on account of the protests. And you know these kids are like between 18 and 22, and mm. it's not quite the same conditions as. Cheshire County Correctional Facility. No, certainly not. Jail yeah. in the Middle East cannot be a good time. That doesn't seem where like it would be a lot of fun. Where is this located, Michelle? Where are they located? In Egypt. Okay. Yeah, they're in Cairo. Well, there's a whole other uh, revolution going yes, on in Egypt. Yes, we haven't gotten right? to Egypt yet, but uh, Tunisia was the start, and Egypt is also... Uh, I just thought you were doing like the general, the Middle East, and since I got put on the air then... <laughs> no, that's, I, that's fine, Michelle. You know, mentioned or whatever, but um, so... You said something about a man setting himself on fire and the mutilation. I heard about that on the, um, well, I was just on the phone. And uh, something that I could never explain to people um, after visiting Egypt some years ago was the desperation that the people have there um, because of their incredible poverty that uh, has come about since the country was nationalized back in the 50s. And, and um, to give you an example of how, how desperate they are, They'll take their children when they're born and turn their hands up toward, like, their armpit or behind their back to make their arm grow deformed, or they'll poke out their own eyes or sever their own limbs to become more effective beggars. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's shocking. And, of course, when, when you look at some of the reasons why poverty is so awful uh, in these places, it's because of the government. Uh, because Absolutely. what was pointed out about this guy that set himself on fire, he was also having trouble. Not only was he having trouble selling things, but he was also having trouble dealing with uh, getting permits or the, the government people coming down on him for permits and things like that. And in a lot of places out there, it's very, very difficult to, to start your own business. They, they do not make that easy. Well, you know, I'll, um, I'll let you know as I hear things from Yasmin, but I know that um, the whole family has left their homes that uh, in the last few days, and, and they're in Switzerland or France. They've left Egypt, which is their main home. Thanks for the call tonight, Michelle. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I'd so, get out of those places, too, if that's what, uh, you know, if it was going down. So, JJ, you were saying that this guy sets himself on fire. Another guy climbs up a electrical pole and grabs onto electrical right. wires, uh, kills himself. Uh, a couple suicides really started to whip people uh, whip people up. Yeah, so the the, uh, the whole pressure is building, the tension. And uh, besides the physical protests and demonstrations, many Tunisians used social media to vent their outrage, which prompted an increase in an already repressive government censorship program run by the state's one ISP, the Tunisian Internet Agency. Oh, God. Uh, Enter Anonymous. (laughs) 
Uh, well, basically, this, this internet agency was modifying web pages on the fly to steal usernames and passwords for such sites as Facebook, Google, and Yahoo, deleting or compromising accounts, and even using information to locate bloggers in their network of contacts. So desperately trying to use the other side of the technology sword to, uh, to shut down That's the, right. the communication. And then uh, enter Anonymous, fresh off their DDoS attacks on behalf of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Their new targets were Tunisian government websites belonging to the president, the prime minister, and other official sites. Uh, quoted. These are denial of service uh, mm-hmm. attacks. Thank you for that, yeah. DDoS. This is the cyber war part of this, right? This is a warning to the Tunisian government, hurt. Anonymous stated. Any organization involved in the censorship will be targeted and will not be released until Tunisian government hears the claim for, the claim for freedom to its people. And uh, on January 6th, Al Jazeera, published, Al Jazeera published an excellent report entitled Tunisia's Bitter Cyber War that documents the government's use of spear phishing and other hacking tactics to identify and silence dissidents and journalists. It's included hacking and deleting information in Gmail accounts and private Facebook accounts. Mm. So, wow, that's uh, desperate. Twitter was used a lot. Uh, what to- is that? Hold on one moment. It really that speaks to the effectiveness of these methods, right? I mean, these these internet uh, technologies that are completely free to the end user uh, that so many people utilize. Facebook is the second most popular website in the world after Google. It really speaks to the the fact that these governments are threatened big time by the idea of people. Being able to transfer information. I mean, but you go back to um, you know the Nazi Germany. You look at the White Rose Society. If you're familiar with that, uh, it was a group of people that were uh, publishing things that they weren't supposed to publish. Yeah, just little pamphlets speaking out against the Nazis. Yeah, uh, that's right. And uh, they ended up being put to death uh, and being caught for that. But the point being, uh, this is that's how it was back then when all you had was basically the printing press. And now you have this ability to connect with so many people instantaneously and transfer information. The the grips that these government people have on their societies are very tenuous at right. this point. And I think one thing that this article highlights that's really important to point out is that the the multiple layers of protests that can occur now with the Internet media and uh, sort of the social networking aspects of society – in that people can, without a gun, without all these weapons of mass destruction and tanks, they can still immobilize government agencies by attacking their computer systems and, and just blocking anyone from being able to use that system. But, of course, the government, like all governments, decide to crack down with what it does best, and that's violence. That's right. That's another, the only tool they have. Another article here from the, basically a, a report by the Amnesty International states that the uh, Tunisian government has used brutal methods to quell anti-government protests. Amnesty International's Middle East North Africa Program Deputy Director, what a long title that is, Hasabi uh, Haji, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the rest of his name, uh, says Tunisian doctors have found bullet wounds that show some protesters were shot from behind. The Mm. evidence we have, okay, this is terribly written, but I'm going to try to read it. The evidence we have show that people were killed by single shots to the chest or the head, sometimes at the back of the neck, showing clearly that the people were not presenting a threat, and this evidence suggests deliberate intent to kill. 
the research. You know, if there was no, if there was a question before as to what government really is, it's they're certainly tipping their hand in this uh, in this instance. Well, you know, this is Tunisia, and so <laughs> so this is um, so what you're doing is, uh, you know, you're looking at government as, uh, you know, an atheist looks at religion, as opposed to how people look at governments, which um, and look at their own religions. All Christians believe that all the other religions in the world are silly. Oh, yeah, people believe Zeus threw lightning bolts. Ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha, ha. They think that's silly. But they think their own government, on the other hand, has the workings of God in it. Mm, yep. So, um, you know, these, you know, people have a, t- have a difficult time looking at um, their government as an institution of force and violence, when, in fact, that's really all the government has to enforce its rules. Well, and when, when it comes down to it. That's when they show their hand. I mean, when they feel threatened enough, you know, they, there is a lot of window dressing on their violence. They've got their court system and they've got these, uh, you know, their, their aura of legitimacy that they can cloak their violence in. But as the, the you know, as the, the tensions ramp up toward possible change, real change, that's when they get desperate. Amnesty says some protesters acted violently, but the security response was disproportionate. It says tear gas, rubber bullets, and live ammunition were used widely, and people were tortured in police custody. uh, Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. More coming up on the revolutions in the Middle East. It's not just Tunisia. Also, there's a story out of Egypt as well. And, of course, we'll take your calls and your thoughts about anything. 800-259-9231. Hour 2's next. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. With so much economic confusion, who can you trust for straight talk? For years, author and investor Peter Schiff has been in the front of the pack, pointing out the insanity while offering real investment solutions. Now, all of Peter's videos, articles, and TV appearances are compiled into a free email. The EP Weekly Digest, which contains the fresh insights by Peter and other Europac voices, like the hard-charging Mike Pinto. To subscribe, please go to epweeklydigest.com, epweeklydigest.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right. So uh, we, of course, will take your phone calls about anything you might want to discuss, though the topic at hand at this time, and for those of you just tuning in, is the revolutions that are taking place in Tunisia and Egypt. Uh, We've been talking about the Tunisian one up first, and uh, just to bring you up to speed, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, JJ, so far, uh, there's a man who set himself on fire, a street vendor set himself on fire out of frustration of having to... Actually, this story I have here that talks about the ouster a little bit uh, better highlights what what that man actually, what actually happened to that man. Okay, I'm curious to know, because I've heard that it had to do with the government trying to regulate his business. Yes. And... uh, Regulation just means they're trying to shut you down or or uh, well, it you know, means they want bribes, bribes and and graft from you no wait in in, a, in america they call the bribes licensing fees just to point it out uh i like to call the spade the spade and i, I got i took some heat for that earlier this week but a licensing fee or a permit is nothing more than a bribe that's all it is it is just a, a payment that you make to the criminal organization known as the government to keep them from sending men with guns to shut down your business there you go that's all it is yep 
So, uh, so this guy kills himself. He uh, sets himself ablaze. Another guy climbs up a, a some sort of electrical pole and hangs onto some power lines and kills himself. And uh, people are very upset about what the government is doing. They started to you know to organize online using social networking tools like Twitter and Facebook. And the government desperately uh, sent – apparently the government has its own team of hackers. They sent their uh, their team of hackers in to try to take over the, uh, you know, the dissidents' Facebook accounts and steal their passwords and get in there and delete emails and things like that from their Gmail accounts uh, in a desperate attempt to shut down the communications, the lines of communication uh, that were essentially allowing these activists to make things happen. After ruling the seaside tourist destination on the African edge of the Mediterranean for 23 years, I'm just going to say Ben Ali is his name, resigned today. This is a story from Christian Monitor as of the day of his his resignation as Tunisia, Tunisia's president. He was pushed out by protests and riots that began last month but rolled into the capital, Tunis, this week. Or that, that week. Um, just Tunis? One, yeah, Tunis, I think. The demonstrations were sparked in December when an educated but typically jobless young man killed himself after authorities confiscated fruits and vegetables he was selling without a permit. As Jeez. one witness toyed, told Reuters, Just try however, to keep people safe, man. <laughs> it's, it is not just about unemployment anymore. It's about freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, and all the freedoms. And the, uh, the non-profit group Freedom's House reported that in the Middle East and North Africa continued their multi-year decline from an already low democratic baseline, uh, talking about the the uh, successes that people are having and making money and getting jobs. You know, I don't uh, recommend uh, suicide as a solution to anything, but... These are, um, as Michelle, who's had feet on the ground in Africa and, and seen this, these, these people's level of desperation is much higher than what we, we have here. Sure. We don't know what it's like to live hand-to-mouth like this. This Thank guy goodness. has no job. He's got no nothing. And the government won't let him sell some vegetables on the side of the street. Yeah, I mean, he's got nothing. No wonder he's that upset. No doubt. But what I wanted to point out about that is that in in this country, frequently what you see when somebody gets fed up with the government meddling in their business or in their personal life, they'll snap. They'll grab a gun, go down to City Hall and start blasting uh, city council sure. members. This guy couldn't get a hold of a gun. But my point being yeah. – is the, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. You don't know that, Mark. My point being that this guy just killed himself, and it's yeah. a much more powerful statement. It is something to where if you go down, yeah. or like the like the guy with the uh, the kill dozer, where he you know armors up this bulldozer like a tank and starts going and busting in through uh, government buildings in in the you know the little town in which he lived and and shooting people with machine guns. Uh, this this or the guy that did go into a city council meeting and start shooting at the the mayor and the city councilors. These guys are always made out to. Be be a bunch of wackaloons. They're they're marginalized, and of course, they end up dead. So they they end up basically killing themselves suicide by cop after they've taken a few out before they go. But the public reaction to that is always very negative. It's always you know th- these guys are the nutters. Uh, whereas this man that killed himself, this suicide, uh, this man that set himself on fire, a far more powerful statement that says that I am so fed up with this, I am going to just take my own life out of this. And nobody can point to him and that. say, you are, you are insane. You're just somebody who's fed up. And uh, it's, it's very powerful. The, uh, the people of Tunisia, after this guy got ousted, the, uh, the prime minister, the guy just underneath him, took control. And he, they sort of formed a unity party to, to stop gap the situation because of course the government must maintain control there always must be a government you can't have a country without a government 
But the uh, that new government has issued an international arrest warrant for that ousted leader, Ben Ali, over theft and currency offenses. Basically, he is uh, being charged with rece- receiving stolen property from the state and illegally transferring money overseas as he was... Um, Fleeing and so now he's become a criminal. Now this guy who was running the country as a dictator, right? The the people that have taken over, like, all right, yeah. we're the good guys now. A month gonna... ago, he was the honorable Ben Ali. Yeah. Um, you know, and now... the same people who were working for him at the time are yeah. now saying, all right, now he's a bad guy, and we're going to go after him. No, sure, that just it, let us keep our power. Right, right. It, it legitimizes their new authority. Yeah. If they were to say, ah, well, you know, Ben was okay. He just had some, uh, he had some quirks with uh, kidnapping people and raping women, and uh, you know, slaughtering civilians. Basically, and, they're doing like, whatever they stuff. can to stop the protests and to stop the action. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, and then we'll get into Egypt a little bit here. As uh, so, is that where it stands, JJ? Just a point of information here. Well, where... actually, just to, to finish up there a little bit. What uh, the latest news that I have here for Tunisia is that the the leader that that one guy, the prime minister who stayed on to sort of take that that leadership position, has named three independent. I think ministers. reins of power is a better yes. a better term because to call. Uh, government people, leaders, I think is is an insult, really. I mean, I don't know. I know that's not what you what you that's meant. That's right. Well, thanks for clearing it up, Ian. Um, it's an insult based, to real leadership, is what right, I'm saying. Exactly. Where leaders inspire and they, you know, they they get people to to follow them by their their good actions and they're and, respected because they earned it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Basically, what's happening is there's an interim cabinet formed with independent people, if you will, or ind- independent ministers. Uh, just another name for. Uh, you know, a slave owner, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're trying to form their new government to sort of calm the the chaos and keep people happy enough to accept some sort of government control. So this is ongoing. This is happening as we speak. Yes. Uh, protests, I imagine, are continuing. They, the thing. protests have calmed down a lot because mm-hmm. the uh, the police that were sent to do a lot of the killing are no longer getting those same orders. Um but there, there have been some brutal uh, Amnesty International, as I, as I was reading the other article, has done some some uh, investigation into the brutal methods used by the police during the uh, the protests to try to quell the violence and uh, save their jobs, so to speak. But we're seeing that it's not just Egypt, not just Tunisia. not just Tunisia, but there's Egypt, there's Albania, there's Libya, really. Yemen so is, is also. Would you say this is spreading? Then? Jordan, yes. Or is it just coincidental? No, I think they're. Everybody in that region is upset. They're all. There's a lot of upset people, and clearly they should be. They're they're impoverished. Their yeah. leaders are their their masters keep most of the money that that's made on anything, and what little social reforms they have to help people out are are just sort of a tongue in cheek way of of you know getting the job done while not actually doing anything. So. I think a lot of people are really upset with the way that things are going with the uh, unemployment and they're not not able to sell things. And they can't feed themselves, so that makes for some really desperate measures. Whereas in this country, we've got a situation where people are fat, uh, they are happy. They've got all kinds of entertainment options, bread and circuses, as uh, as they might have been called, uh, things for them to busy themselves with, to not pay close attention to what's actually going on. And that's why I don't think we're even close to anything like this happening in this country. Thank goodness. I'm not looking for anything like this. I mean, I'd love to see some uh, societal change, but I don't think I'd like to I'd like it at this price. No, I don't want to see violence. I mean, and, and of course, 
some people have been violent in this and some have not. Um, I don't. I, I tend to agree with you on that one, Mark. Most of the stuff I've seen, these clashes have been, you know, they've been violent. And, you know, the cops are, uh, you know, they're doing it too. Sure. Uh, but my point being that uh, people here aren't even close to being fed up, I don't think. They think they can vote in the other party and change things. And, of course, there's no evidence to believe that that will actually do anything. 800-259-9231, but yet they're still suffering from that delusion. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site entirely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, one of those features is our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact because our chat, uh, chat room is built into the same page as the webcam. It's all totally free for you over at cam.freetalklive.com. The cam brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock, ready to ship, the overnight delivery, it's memorydealers.com. All right, so 800-259-9231, your thoughts. Uh, welcome on the what they are calling regional instability over at the, uh, the Wikipedia uh, in uh, Yemen and Egypt and Tunisia. We've talked quite a bit about what's uh, going on in Tunisia as well as apparently it's also happening in Algeria and Jordan uh, from what I understand. So this a lot of people are very, very upset at the governments over there. Yes. Uh, we'll go to Egypt right now. It's the, uh, the one of the most populous states in the Arab world. With sheer number of people living there, the Egyptian police have been fighting protesters and intensifying clashes, and demonstrations have been reported from Yemen and Gabon, a sign that defiance against authoritarian rulers in the Middle East is spreading. And the story: Why can't these guys just respect authority and take their hats off when they're told to? That's right. Really, this is what it comes down to: is defiance. Yes. And uh, once people have had enough. Maybe they finally will defy so-called authority, and that's what I hope that we'll see here. I don't want to see violence. I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see self-immolation. You know, I think that's pretty extreme. As Mark pointed out, we're not starving to death here, so we're not as as desperate. Thank goodness. But at the same time, that also means that any significant change is also you know really unlikely as far as the American people and what they're willing to do. Well, I think if if food prices shot up, like some of these places are talking about a seventy percent increase in the food prices, which for people who spend you know eighty percent of their budget on food alone in some of these poor countries, that is a huge amount. No kidding. And that they just can't afford. Uh, here's an article from today about the Egypt situation. And where's it from? This uh, this article is from the Telegraph. Okay, it's the UK. Yes, Telegraph UK. 
Security forces shot dead a Bedouin protester in Egypt's Sinai region on Thursday, bringing the death. Bringing the you see this is another terribly written one. Bringing the death in three days of protests to five. Police in Suez fired rubber bullets, water cannon, and tear gas at hundreds of demonstrators calling for an end to the 30-year-old rule of Hosni Mubarak, hmm. the Egyptian president. Protesters chucked rocks and petrol bombs at police lines. In Ishmalia, hundreds of protesters clashed with police who dispersed the crowds with tear, gla- tear gas. Like in many other country, uh, countries in the region, protesters in Egypt complained about surging prices, unemployment, and the authorities' reliance on heavy-handed security to keep dissenting voices quiet. The protests are inspired by Tunisia, where the democratic movement recently overthrew the government. One of the things you can uh, count on uh, is that when people are ready for change, something is going to happen uh, because we outnumber them. We are outnumbering the government people by hundreds to one, essentially. Well, I think it's important to point out that most of the the enforcing of these rules is done by fellow serfs, by fellow slaves. It's the mentality that you can't question this. You can't step Mm -hmm. out of line. And then if you do, you're insulted and ridiculed by people because you're different. We've been seeing that with what happened with our friend Pete Ayer. We had on the show earlier tonight. If you missed the interview, it'll be up later at freetalklive.com in the, as the archive. Uh, but uh, people are saying the same you know, thing that uh, here, Pete, you're a bad guy because you, you didn't respect the court. You, you left your hat on. I mean, how dare you be so disrespectful? Um, but, uh, but those are regular average folks that are commenting, most of them anonymously, by right. the way. They're commenting uh, cowardly with fake names and things like that on an uh, anonymous newspaper website, but just excoriating him for daring to stand up against the state. And it really is a case of, uh, you know, it really is a case of uh, Stockholm syndrome, where these people have come to identify with the government people. They they firmly believe in the system. They firmly believe in its legitimacy. And anything that anyone does to challenge it, no matter how benign or seemingly minor, like keeping a hat on, because a lot of people look at that and they say, what's, what's the it's big ridiculous. deal? Here? But you can also flip that around and say, what's the big deal about a Allowing somebody to keep their hat on, and uh, and it's really going to come down to people being willing to say no and people being willing to disobey in numbers. Well, numbers think, are what this is all about. Yeah, I think what you pointed out there with the whole uh, the sort of mentality that people take towards the government and how it's always right just reinforces the idea that it is sort of a religion that people are zealots with this idea. And this ide- uh, this ideological stance they take, saying that the government can do no wrong, they know it's not correct. Because these same people are going to go to their, their job place and sit around the water cooler talking about all the crap the government is doing and how mm-hmm. this candidate voted for this and how it doesn't make any sense. So in one hand, they'll, they'll, they'll sit there and talk smack about the government and all the ills that it's committing. And on the other hand, as soon as it's questioned, as soon as someone challenges that that illusion that's crafted within their heads they they turn on that they they turn 180 and they start defending the state as right if, because the state isn't the problem to their mind it's just the pol- the political parties it's the other party that's the problem it's not the structure of violence the right. monopoly on violence that is the state it's the fact that well those other guys have control of it and so we just need to get in control of it, and then we can wield we can wield that violence for our purposes. And that's the problem that uh, that we're currently facing in this country, where so many people are still stuck within that left right paradigm. But it doesn't matter; those people don't matter. Ultimately, what matters is numbers. And in this case, in uh, Tunisia and Egypt, you've got a bunch of people that are fed up, and they're fed up to the point where they're willing to do something about it. Now, we disagree with their methods. Uh, you know, we don't support violence on this uh, on this program. But the the point about the numbers still but remains Americans the same. 
don't really look at violence against governments as violence as long as it's not violence against, against their this government. government. Right. See, those, the, the, uh, you know, the, the heathens out there are allowed to be violent against their governments because their governments are bad. Well, right. They're not the American government. Exactly. But, but gosh darn, if one guy in Afghanistan picks up an AK-47 and shoots at some invading troops, if there are troops, he's an insurgent, insurgent. and mm-hmm. his whole village has to die. Yep. Yeah, well, we were talking about this earlier, uh, JJ, where you were pointing out the, you know, the, the fact that the apparently the American government has taken a position reluctantly to yeah, support. Yeah, so I don't think we've talked about it on the, the air. People. But yes, the, some of the uh, some of the um, sort of talking points coming out of the State Department have been in support of the people and the, de- the democracy they so crave, and it's sort of on one hand, like especially for Egypt, where the United States government has had so long uh, ties and um, sort of a commitment to this government, sending them money and supporting Hosni Mubarak and his authoritarian regime. On one hand, they have to sort of give up on that ally and support the whole democratic movement because they've been talking about inserting democratic governments in the Middle East with Iraq and various other countries for years. So so they have been coming out in support of the demonstrators and the protesters um, to a degree, but I think they're also sort of taking sort of an ambigu- uh, ambiguous line at the same time and sort of not committing fully because they don't want this to come home. More coming up here, 800-259-9231. Your thoughts are certainly welcome on the revolutions or instability that uh, is happening over in the Middle East, Northern Africa. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And when's your, what's your line in the sand? When will you be fed up? With the American government. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800 259 9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1 800 259 9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have there for you. You can be kept in the loop regarding Free Talk Live and what's going on with the show by getting on our news updates list. You can follow us via email or Twitter or Facebook. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to do that. That's news.freetalklive.com. Of course, they're totally free. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduates, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism. Some of the former interns have gone on to ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and more. They'll, they'll learn uh, core res- reporting skills, such as how to identify compelling stories, secure sources, research facts, and ask the, rights, uh, the right questions. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information on how to sign up, receive updates, reminders. There's a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. It's libertarianinternships.com. 
All right, so 800-259-9231. We're kind of uh, reflecting on and, and looking at what's going on uh, over in the Middle East, uh, Northern Africa, Egypt, Yemen, other places uh, where people are, Tunisia, there's an uprising, and it's spreading, apparently. I think the key thing to take away from this is a lot of people are upset, and you think where you are, you're upset. There are people around you that are probably upset, too. And if you can talk to these people, if you can communicate with what's going on, maybe you'll find supporters for what you want to happen, for the change that you want to happen. Um, one thing to talk about. Well, there, there's change going on in this country. I mean, I think that uh, you know, we're all taught that here in the United States, we vote change. And I think that occurred in the last election, um, the Tea Party Revolution, as it was called. I mean, whether you whether you think it's going to be successful or not in creating change, Americans are on this road, too. And, you know, most of the uprisings you're seeing in the Middle East are in the last couple of months. But there are uh, uprisings going on in southern Asia, uh, you know, over the last year, I think that you've, you're you're really seeing um, here in the world, people are. It's sort of a dem, uh, a populist demand for freedoms. There's a lot of socialism wrapped up in it. These mm-hmm. people want jobs. We want jobs. Give us jobs, government. Uh, yeah, in the uh, UK, there are there were massive protests for yeah. free education. Right. Uh, you know what they. I, I you could interpret that however you wish to interpret it but uh, what it is it's it's an uprising against those who have and I I would say that the concentrations of wealth in this world in the last half decade have increased in the hands of fewer people than they have in in the hands of the the, the those who are on one end and governments I can see, are good at that yeah they, I, that's what they do yeah. absolutely taking from the if many think, giving to the few if you think you can use power to separate uh, money, uh, people who have money from their money, you're crazy. I mean, that, that people who have money have always controlled the power organization. So the best thing to do is to separate the power from the organization that has it. So we're talking about what's going on in Egypt, and you're saying they're demanding the ouster of the president. He hasn't left yet, though. No, right? he has not. I have an article here from Jeffrey Jeffrey Mock, and uh, he is he's working with the uh, Amnesty International Group. He's the uh, Egyptian country specialist. It's a blog on Huffington Post. Uh, Whatever, but uh, it does give you some good details here. I'll read, I'll read a bit. Amid the third day of protests in Egypt, casualties and detentions are increasing. Today, the brunt seems to be in the Suez region, where Twitter reports indicate live ammo is being used by security forces. This article is from today. Detentions over the last three days are now over 1,000 people, mm-hmm. and Michelle had mentioned that she knows people uh, through a friend who are being detained at the moment. Uh, according to Egyptian activist groups, the arrested and injured include reporters both for Egyptian and Western media. The Mubarak regime is still talking strongly as, as it did three days ago, but among the activists in Egypt street, in the Egyptian street, there is one key consensus: the fear is gone. Hmm. There have been a, there have been large demonstrations in Egypt before. This was not the the uh, Muslim Brothers, despite the government's efforts to strike fear in the West by blaming protests on them. This was not labor, nor the Lawyers Guild, nor the college students, though all have been active. This was a protest that crossed class, ideology, and religion. And that is what scares the government. It's, it's true. I mean, the, these guys are frightened, and they're frightened all around the world. They're constantly, uh, you know, under threat of, of this sort of change that they can't control, right? With elections, they're total, totally in control. Well, to speak to that, uh, Egypt had a sham election just last, this past September where Mubarak <laughs> was once again voted in as president. Right. What did he win? With like 100% of the vote it, or yeah, something Yeah, it was like some, that? you know, disproportionate <laughs> amount, yes. 
So, uh, so yeah, they're very afraid, which is why you see the violent lashing out. I mean, again, just to bring it back to where what we were talking about earlier tonight with our friend Pete Ayer from Liberty on Tour, he disobeyed the crown. He disobeyed the, the power, the, the power structure, the authoritarianism by wearing a hat into court. It wasn't even his intention to disobey, but he, he did not cooperate when he, when they were telling him to remove it. And they lashed out at him. I mean, they they attacked him yes. in a very violent manner. And I think that uh, that that's kind of it belies what they're really feeling. They're feeling threatened. They see that this disobedience is very dangerous to their sense of legitimacy or their aura of legitimacy. And so, therefore, they want to get those free staters. There's talk amongst the bureaucrats. We've heard these these bureaucrats talking to one another, uh, like the the enforcers, the police, about how there's like a little contest uh, between them to see I, who can fact, arrest the most I remember activists. back when, uh, do you remember when Jesse was ran over by the, the sheriff a bit? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, incident- it was alleged that Jesse put his foot under the tire. Yeah, I I was standing right next to him, and, and I, it, the the sheriff did turn very sharply with us standing directly next to the vehicle. But anyway, we heard that the sheriff had, had talked back to a headquarters or to another sheriff, another deputy, and had said that, I've gotten another one of those. And they, they high-fived each other, and it was wow. a big celebratory thing that yep. the free staters were targeted and success was had in, in you know, putting us in jail. I there guess. was somebody who posted anonymously over at the uh, the newspaper forum here regarding the, the the recent arrests of the activists here, like, oh, that'll s- send them to jail for sixty days because our friend Ademo is in jail for sixty days for speaking in court. Um, and so, you know, send them to jail for sixty days. That'll send those free staters a message about you know doing these things around here. It'll keep them away. Well, I think it's going to have the opposite effect because what tends to happen is the more violent the government becomes, the more it tips its hand, the more people look at that and they say, oh my God, what are we dealing? with here we need to do something this has gone out of control the idea that a man could be put in a jail cell for wearing a hat into a room or that another man could be put in jail for 60 days for speaking in a way that a man in a robe doesn't like i mean really those are pretty extreme circumstances yeah the 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 one outburst i I think was in the courtroom was uncalled for but 60 days in jail for an outburst in a courtroom without any kind of warning or anything like that as i i don't know i mean i wasn't there but there was no warning no 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 warning he said hold him, and then he said, "Arrest him," yep. and that's it. Um, yes. The wearing the hat into the courtroom, as far as I understand, this has kind of been settled law. The Quakers have been doing this for hundreds of years, and um, you know, it, it's it, they they it's it's out it really outrageous. I mean, you know, they many courts have recognized the you know just ignore them and they'll go away, and it's not that big of a deal. So I wanted to touch on the point that you were making about the fear being gone. Yes, and there. It would be interesting to hear more, uh, you know, the, more of those folks explaining why they feel that way. I would imagine that the numbers and the activism have something to do with it, because when you can get together with more people than they have, than the government has, then things can change. Your odds dramatically increase of success at whatever it is you're doing, whatever kind of movement you've put together, whether it's a violent one, which I oppose, or some sort of peaceful civil disobedience. Numbers are the most critical aspect to this. We have seen here in Keene, New Hampshire, where there's a fairly lively civil disobedience movement, which doesn't exist anywhere in the rest of the liberty movement that I know of. Maybe there's a little bit in Manchester, but outside of, um, you know, the outside of New Hampshire, it doesn't really exist. We've seen instances where if you have enough people doing the non-cooperation or the civil disobedience, they can't 
handle it. They won't do anything about it, and that must be very, very frustrating to them. And yes. so the frustrations, they the frustrations that the government guys and the enforcers for the government are feeling are manifesting in violent outbursts and violent uh, lashing out at individual activists. Because in the case of Pete Ayer, who was arrested for the hat, there weren't 30 people in that room with hats on. They would not have been able to handle something like that. It was just Pete, and it was you know it wasn't even his intention to be arrested or do disobedience. So they were easily able to target that one guy and take him out. But if you get more people than they have, it, it's over for them. We're coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight is Ian. JJ. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there totally free. Uh, If you like the show, by the way, and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us over at Amazon. The way you do that is by entering through our special portal, which basically once you enter through shop.freetalklive.com, then whatever purchases you make at Amazon, we get a portion of. So start your shopping over at shop.freetalklive.com. Get the stuff you need and the stuff you want. Great prices, free super saver shipping, and a whole lot of their brand new items. Even used items are available through Amazon as well. So get your shopping done over at shop.freetalklive.com, and it benefits Free Talk Live at the same time. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary is a course course for people without a lawyer who have to know what it takes to win. In court, only the rules rule. And Jurisdictionary teaches people how to use the rules both strategically and tactically. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I felt like the course was so valuable. I bought it myself. It's Jurisdictionary.com. We've been discussing in some detail and kind of tying in uh, what's happening over in Egypt and Yemen and uh, Tunisia and other places in the Middle East and Northern Africa uh, where revolutions are are basically afoot as we speak, uh, kicking off just a matter of a few days ago, a couple of days ago in uh, in Egypt. And over a thousand people in Egypt have been arrested. And we've been also kind of tying it into some of the things we've seen, what we've observed about uh, tactics and what is working and what isn't here in America, because uh, at least we don't want to approach change from a violent perspective no. um so just kind of drawing parallels and and uh but between the two and, and looking at this and there's a little bit more uh, jj i know you wanted to share with yeah, us i think just uh ian in last segment you had mentioned the whole idea of numbers and giving support for each other doing activism having the people there next to your side it's more comforting and easier to to survive the stress that the activism actually causes but i think the other part of the equation is experience a lot of people don't know what's going to happen when they, they challenge the government and take a stand. Sure, that's scary. So have, It's uh, unknown. It's very scary. Just just seeing locally what has happened as people get arrested 
and seeing uh, the first time you see a friend get arrested, taken to jail, it's a it's a harrowing experience, or or even the first time you get arrested. But after that first experience, you you know kind of what's going to happen. The mystique is gone, and mm-hmm. the mystery that surrounds the dealings of the government people is sort of gone, and the illusion is shattered of the force they wield, and it's this almighty power that you just can't confront. I think uh, they are just people. Yes, they are just people, and I think that experience, especially with this, uh, speaking to Egypt, you know, they saw what happened with Tunisia. They saw how the riots took place, and then they had their own riots. And they're not Apparently afraid their own self-immolation because somebody else set themselves on fire in Egypt, from what I understand. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of different uh, sort of, I guess I don't know what you would call us uh, that sort of activism, a self-immolation, the suicide activism. A desperate state, last final statement. I mean, really, it's... There's it- a there's an article I found on um, WCBC.ca, but it goes, uh, this this Moroccan-born author, author and political commentator, Leila Lalami, uh, I just want to go to one little thing. They asked her some questions, and one of the questions is, the explanations for these uprisings have included food prices, unemployment, and police, police brutality. Is there a single issue that's galvanizing people? And her response... To be perfectly honest, I think it's just a thirst for freedom. Mm. And I think that is the, the core principle here is people in those countries have not experienced freedom that we understand, even though our idea of freedom is even greater than the freedom we, we experience here. But they're, they're, they've had to live in such dictatorships and deal with such corruption that their level of uh, dissent and... Uh, uh, indignities they've experienced has been far far greater than than anywhere in the united states i think that's it's a good observation and indeed the uh, the idea of liberation or freedom is something that uh, that spurs all kinds of revolutions around the world unfortunately they usually don't result in true liberation it usually is just liberation from one despot and then putting them under a control of another despot uh, that's typically, I think, how things have gone, and that's why having kind of the, the intellectual side of of this is is so important to have the people that are the the revolutionaries or evolutionaries, as I might prefer to call them, well, if, uh, to be informed about what they really want, about where things should go once change does occur. If you have your revolution through the force of arms, then what you're going to get is the guy who's got the most force of arms at the end of the game in charge. Mm -hmm. I mean, what else would you possibly have? Tell me another game where it turned out differently. Yep. Um, So, you know, when you... If you have your revolution through a peaceful means, then... The guy, then it then it wouldn't necessarily turn out that way. There haven't been too many of those, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, no. what what happens if there's a a movement for a peaceful evolution to a state where you know people people don't need coercive, uh, monopolistic uh, government entities, you know, threatening people to get what they want, where people are able to make voluntary choices, at least. More voluntary choices, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> because governments do have a tendency to grow. Um, you know, that's uh, the, the, one needs to to understand that if you if you put one in place and give it a monopoly on something, it's going to turn that monopoly on something into a no- monopoly on something else, mm-hmm. and then so a monopoly on, so on something else, and it's just going to keep on going. Uh, I, I think that you can just by breaking that monopoly and by holding government agents responsible for their actions i think you could just break what the the state's hold on, um, is on people let people yeah. compete 
and let people choose between organizations uh, you know that, that that are competing with the government in certain areas and then hold government officials accountable for what it is that they do in court or you know some other arbit- arbitrative means that's why the that's in- it. the intellectual component has to come along with the the actual physical action of of say disobedience and things like that because again we focus on peaceful solutions to these uh, these government violent monopolies and if you've got the numbers and you've got the right ideas and I think our ideas are the right ones obviously we're on here uh, six nights a week talking about these ideas the ideas of individual liberty personal responsibility uh, living life as a free human being and allowing others to live free spreading those concepts getting them out as far and as wide as possible and encouraging others to take peaceful actions to help spread those ideas and to help show the government for what it really is, which is a group of men and women using the threat of violence against people to get their way. That's the path. That's the road to you know a truly voluntary society, a truly peaceful uh, evolution, as you mentioned, Mark. And I think we're on that road now, especially here in New Hampshire. And if you think that's exciting, you should go to freestateproject.org to learn more. Is there anything else you wanted to share about that? Uh, just, just a slight bit here. I want to finish up with what some of... And some of this lady had said in this article, her answer for why this is happening was freedom. And she goes on to say, that's one way you can summarize it. These young people, these are young people who are sick and tired of the life that they are forced to lead. They've done everything that was asked of them. They've got an energy. They've gotten an education. They can't find jobs. And then when they do find jobs, they constantly have to dole out bribes just to lead a normal life. They're sick of it. They want lives that are filled with dignity. The government opposition hasn't delivered. And when the youth look over to the West for help, they see foreign powers that are perfectly content to support these dictators while Mm. at the same time delivering lectures on democracy. (laughs) So it's impossible. You feel like you're on your own. This is the message that Tunisia has delivered to the world. If you want change... You have to get it on your own. Absolutely right. No one else is going to do it for you. And uh, and that's such an important point. People have to be willing to step up, and they have to be willing to, believe it or not, take a little bit of risk. And what I've said before I think holds very true. If a lot of people take a little bit of risk, it distributes the risk. You don't have to have you know, one Gandhi. You don't have to have one man to, to focus on. Uh, you can have, if you have a thousand Gandhis, imagine the power of that. Imagine, it, and when I say power, I mean the peaceful uh, power right. of that, the effectiveness of that. People taking a little bit of risk can make a huge difference, but it's hard to get people convinced to do that when, you know, they've got all kinds of creature comforts that they can spend their time and, and money on. There's, there's the loss of convenience when you're put in the jail, your your dignity, your self-esteem might be in jeopardy slightly as you're caged and beaten down by the man, so to speak, in the, the metaphorical sense of being put in a cold cell and, and getting no life creature comforts. But just think back to all of these sort of revolutions here have started with that one person who took a stand and was brave. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs to set themselves on fire. I'm not saying anybody needs to do that. But there are ways to set yourself on fire metaphorically mm. and to take a stand maybe in a courtroom or take a stand uh, when dealing with a police officer who comes knocking at your door or take a stand with a friend Little that's things. in trouble. Little things. You know, get yourself a video camera. Start recording the interactions uh, with the bureaucrats, unless you're in Illinois. If you're in Illinois, get the hell out of there. Massachusetts, also bad. New York. Uh, yeah, these are some of the places where we've talked about recently with these, the most oppressive uh, wiretapping laws. Better yet, get to New Hampshire and get yes. inspired by what the other activists are doing and then figure out what you should do. More coming up. Hour 3 is next. You take control. Free Talk Live. 
Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. Again, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we're going to jump right into your phone calls. You can, again, bring up anything. Let's go to Mike in Ohio on the amp lines. Hello, Mike. Mike? Hey, guys. um, I missed the beginning. Yes, uh... I missed the beginning of the show uh, where Pete was on. Uh, I was just wondering if you guys could briefly rehash how he got out. Sure. Pete Ayer uh, from LibertyOnTour.com. As we discussed earlier in the uh, the week, he was arrested for wearing a hat in court and refusing to remove it, although he didn't really, really wasn't given much of a chance. They pretty much just snapped uh, right around and arrested him for it. Uh, they threw him in a jail cell as a result of that, carried him out physically, um, and they were planning on keeping him there because he wasn't giving information. He wasn't what they call processing. Um, and so because of that, they will hold on to you until further notice. Basically, we've had our, one of our friends, Sam, uh, he was held 58 days or 57 days for doing pretty much the same thing. Pete basically decided after spending most all the entire week in jail that he uh, felt like he could do more on the outside especially considering his partner, uh, business partner, Ademo, had been put in for 60 days uh, on a contempt of court charge. So he felt like he could do more on the outside. And plus, he was also starving himself. Uh, doing, he was fasting and he, he was pretty hungry uh, as well. So his choices were to end his fast and start eating and stay in jail or give up information uh, and get out and, and end his fast that way as well. So he decided to process today went ahead and gave up the information. They then released him on a PR bond, personal recognizance. He's got an arraignment scheduled on the so-called disorderly conduct charge, as well as resisting arrest charges, all of these stemming from his wearing of a hat in a courtroom. So that arraignment is coming up on February 9th. Uh, So that's what's going on. Oh, great. Well, I I just, I guess uh, I support whatever movie makes uh, with that, but I got to say I, I am happy to see that he, went forward to get uh, and with the process in order to get out because I think he does more good on the outside than being stuck in a cage but well yep um, he is out and of course he'll uh, he's blogging over at libertyontour.com and so uh, folks can keep up with him there also copblock.org and uh, of course we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with Pete and, and uh, a demo here on free talk live so what else did you want to share tonight yeah uh, well today I uh, was on the interstate um, in Ohio here and uh, I I have an out-of-state license plate. Um, it's Wisconsin plate, and uh, I basically assumed. Uh, well, I, I drove by his uh, sheriff's car, and um, I was I wasn't speeding or anything, but uh, the guy read my plate that it was out-of-state plate. Uh, so he pulls out into the interstate, and um, it took him a while to, to catch up to me. I kept, you know obviously kept going. He finally catches up to me um, in this car is uh following right behind me um he so he's coming up right behind me so i decided to slow down to see if he'll decide to pass me and go ahead of me he switches lanes only goes as far as to basically get at the same distance or same speed that i'm going and then slows down and then comes right behind me this went on for about five minutes i wasn't speeding wasn't doing anything all of a sudden the 
flashing lights come on and he's oh going to pull boy. me over. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, I really, you know, wonder what the hell is going to go on uh, because, you know, what's he going to say he pulled me over for? So he, uh, he comes over and he says he pulled me over because he thought that uh, I may have been falling asleep at the wheels. Wow. Let me tell you, ever ever since I saw the cop car, I was as, as alert as you could be. I bet. You know, you know, my, adrenaline's pumping through your veins at that point. You know, it's... It... <laughs> I, it, it's so interesting the, the the tricks that they can use in order to pull you over, and uh, you know I I guess it, it, if you would have chosen up. not, to, I, I I mean I I don't have any problem with uh, you know some cop you know having a little chat with me on the side of the road, but you know some people have things to do. No, I have and a problem with it. These, I'm uh, going somewhere yeah, if I'm on the road. Exactly right. You know, and and this isn't this isn't a friendly chat. If you would have decided, you know. I don't think I've done anything wrong. I'm going to continue about my day. Like literally, this would have turned into a you know a huge incident. Yeah, guns drawn, guns drawn, lights well, on, you, helicopters, yeah. cops everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't feel like turning, uh, I, uh, you know, pulling over because this guy <laughs> has some bullcrap excuse about you maybe were falling, uh, pull, uh, you know, falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah, it was a, it was totally uh, something new for me, I guess, to be told that. I mean, and then I thought about it more. It's like, well, cops could pull this all the time to get somebody pulled over. Sure. Usually they have to, like, say, you know, there's a light out in your car or something yep. or you're speeding, you know, but this one, no, we think you were falling asleep. <laughs> so did you run your, did you run your tags and all that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I comply with them and everything, um, and, and he, he just let, let me go eventually. But um, I, I guarantee you, I, I had the feeling that he was looking for anything, any way he could to try to search my car. He never asked to, but um, on the side of the car, he was like a narcotics agent or something. Mm. And um, after he let me go, about uh, maybe two miles down the road, there was three, three squad cars that pulled over a truck, and they were going through this guy's truck. So it was like some sort of a... Thing they were just trying to get, yeah, maybe know, like a, a highway drug interdiction thing. So just to just to re recap here, you were driving your car, which has Wisconsin plate on it, in Ohio. Yeah, do, do right. you, are you driving yeah, like I'm, a beat up? Kind of, is it like a beat up car, like no, something I'm that a hippie a would two, drive? 2000, 2005 Pontiac Grand huh. Prix, a nice car, and uh, you're not black, are you? Uh, or are you driving while just, black. Drive while black. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like no, what's real though. Why yeah, did this guy target you? Because normally the cops will target a certain type of. I person. think it's just an out of state plates. You know, yeah. he, he wanted to take a chance with his his revenue fishing and, yeah. and just you know cast a line on this guy. Right, but, and uh, it's just kind of you know I don't know it's kind of scary how that sort of thing can happen. But I decided to just basically comply and try to move on and get out of there without any sort of you know. Fines or anything like that. What else are you going to do? You know. Um, but Very good. Well, if you okay, here's a question. Here's a question for you, Mike. If you if you were in uh, New Hampshire and you were a resident of New Hampshire with this amazing supportive community around you, would you have would you have decided to fight that? Would you have uh, asked questions instead of complying? I'm just just curious. Obviously, it's a. Uh, you know, yeah, I think I I think I would have been more inclined to. I mean, I didn't have anybody in the car with me, and um, normally I have a keychain video camera. Uh, and I had just lost that the night before. Otherwise, I would have oh, turned man. that on during this thing. But those things are um, cool, man. Yeah, they are a, so cheap these yeah, days. Yeah, I picked it up for fifteen bucks. 
and it's, it's really a good good recorder. Yeah, you you, um, you, you never but, know when you're going to need something like this. They call the camera the new gun, and I swear it really uh, is um, to be able to record an incident like this, or um, you know, an, any kind of incident. To be able to record it, um, you can get these cameras out as quick as you could get uh, some kind of weapon out. Then you have that evidence, and you you do it without uh, you, you know without causing violence to your neighbor. I well, think you, it's uh, I think they're great. You never know when a routine traffic stop is going to turn into anything but That's routine right. so it's important to have these recording yeah. devices available and even if it is just a routine traffic stop having cameras trained on the police gets them used to the idea of people recording them of course it helps if you have other activists in the area that are doing the same thing and not only should you have a keychain uh, cam or some other sort of hidden camera that you can activate but also the freedom cam is Awesome. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor. I didn't realize how awesome they were when they started sponsoring us. They sent us a couple of these cams. Mark, you've yet to actually install yours. But I actually took the time to install mine. It didn't take very long. It's very easy. You don't have to even drill a single hole. You install this sucker on your dash or on your windshield. It can record the entirety of the inside of your car. And it does it constantly. So while you're driving, it is constantly recording you and whoever's in your car. It's recording out front as well. So there's a dual recording. There's two cameras. There's one that's recording the front of your car, one recording inside your car. That way you get pulled over. That whole interaction, even if you, even if your hair, you know, all kind of frazzled and like you don't know what to do and you can't grab your phone quick enough and you can't get to quick.com and, and you can't get any of that stuff done because you're, you're distracted or whatever. That camera, the Freedom Cam, is recording the entire incident yep. and it's incredibly useful it's an amazing techno uh, technological i think advance especially because what is it 289 dollars i think the last time i looked at it at freedomcam.net yeah freedomcam.net uh so i recommend that in addition to having you know your quick.com on your smartphone or having a little keychain cam or something like that multiple cameras means it's more likely that you're going to get away from that scene with video footage that they haven't confiscated. Thanks for the call on the story tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything and take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where you can enjoy the various features that you will find on the site completely free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites. We give it away at freetalklive.com. And those features include uh, the archives, listening options. Listening options actually include live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions, webcam, listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. In addition to that, 94 awesome radio stations from across the country that are bringing you the, the show at various different times, our own satellite channel as well. Go get the details at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The Totasac, it's the, the one-trip wonder. It's made of uh, completely recycled materials right here in the United States. It is a retail grocery bag carrier. It's this uh, hook that allows you to 
put as many grocery bags on there as you can fit, and it will allow you to carry far more groceries that, than you normally would be able to. So it eliminates multiple trips either from the car to the house or from the grocery store out to the car. I prefer not to. I have to deal with a, a grocery car a cart when I'm going out to the car, so I just leave it in the grocery store and then take the stuff out in the tote sack. But um, this tote sack, you can see it at totasack.us. That's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us. There's no C in tote sack. And go over there, get a get a family pack. They're you know they're, they're extraordinarily uh, reasonably priced. You won't believe how much easier your life is in this particular area. The tote sack will make it easier. Go check them out, totasac.us. All right, so 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we continue with your calls about what you want. David is in New Hampshire, and he's on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Hello. Hey, David, what's on your mind tonight? Um, You guys were talking earlier about uh, the divide of wealth and how the um, very small percentage was – empower and had all the wealth and wanted to keep it that way, which obviously makes sense. So I was going to ask you all what you think about um, the um, um, Citizens United decision and the corporate personhood and all that stuff. Do you know? About so, yeah, the Citizens United uh, decision was about uh, the rights of a corporation, uh, a corporation which is a, a government-created entity, uh, a file folder that the government uh, gives personhood to and uh, person is a legal term yeah uh, because a person case. is a legal term and um you know the, the government says that that because it has created this person because you have sent it money and it has created the person that those persons have rights uh rights of, of speech uh, political activism and the ways that the corporations are about able to go about their political activism is of course donations to uh, political campaigns so that they can get more people into the government that will uh, further recognize their personhood um and so, you know, what do we think about it? I, I, you know, I can speak for myself. I think that uh, papers aren't people. People are people. When you think that papers are people, you live in a uh, schizophrenic weirdo world. Well, that's what it is. It is a – that's exactly what it is. It's a schizophrenic weirdo world. Another way to put it is Legal Land, as Mark Stevens uh, calls it, in Adventures in Legal Land, which is a great book. I highly recommend. You can get it over at markstevens.net. That's Mark with a C. Uh, but essentially, it is a fantasy. It is a. Uh, it is basically a world. The legal world is a. It's almost a religion, in in many ways. And it is. The idea is that they can somehow create legal. What they call legal fictions. Uh, that a corporation is nothing more than a file folder with some paperwork in it. A corporation is not Walmart. It is not Target. Walmart and Target are businesses who have owners who have applied for corporations. And they have been granted them, and the corporations essentially exist to give those business owners special benefits like protection from liability yeah, for their l- actions. Probably the largest uh, benefit of a corporation is the protection from uh, you know your, the responsibilities for your actions. I don't think people should be able to give some money to the government and then cease to be responsible for actions that they have taken. Do you, David? No. Yeah, I didn't think you did either. The reason, well, I went up and spoke about it in Concord, trying to hopefully, um, they were going to, it was towards an amendment to the Constitution. But um, uh, there was a guy up there, Ken Blevins. Uh, Do you guys know him at all? Blevins, his last name. Wasn't that the libertarian guy? Yeah, he's a libertarian, and he spoke in favor. He, He was... He was in the he was in the opposing position to what we've. 
kind of concluded here. So he well, thinks that corporations he, are people? Is that what? Yeah, he was in favor of wow, what a joke. That's why I don't like the term libertarian, because yeah. all kinds of people call themselves that, and uh, in my opinion, they don't understand it. All right, it's, it's an absurd idea that, that corporations are people. I, I think it's obviously that's, that's obvious to anyone who has some intellect in their brain or wherever they want to put it. But right. I think that the key to remember is that any time the government creates this fiction, any time they put words on the paper, they are creating more of this fiction, more of this illusion, more of this religion. And that's, that's pretty much all they have is their, their holy books are, are called code, and mm-hmm. their holy books are called law and uh, regulations instead of Bible and Quran. Yep. That's, that's all it is, is, is whatever they're creating and they put on paper, it's just a, a, a fairy tale. Yeah, you know, this is it's uh, this corporate this uh, the Citizens United decision that you're talking about was just another sort of modification to the uh, the 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 funding campaign funding sort of rules out there. And as far as I'm concerned, um, corporations shouldn't exist and people shouldn't be limited in the amount of money that they can give to a candidate or the amount of uh, because basically what's happened the way it is now a candidate is. you know, either has to be very wealthy or has to get a bunch of money from a bunch of different places or has to be bought and paid for by corporate, uh, you know, overlords. Uh, they've really they've really stacked the deck against the average guy. Yep. yep. David, anything else you want to share? Oh, I was just going to speak about something real quick having to do with the trials of Adam and Pete real mm-hmm, quick, sure. if I could. Go ahead. Um, like, um in the trial, um, when Adam went up and, and he had his opportunity to speak regarding his alleged... Um, uh, Contempt of court. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think he got punitive charges for, like, not, for not, you know, saying, oh, Mr. Judge, I'm so sorry, I was wrong, and stuff like that. And, and, and the judge just didn't hear what he... But he wanted to hear, and he was mad about it. And I think there that's was nothing. Why he got no, no, that no, no. There was there was nothing he could have said that would have that would have saved him from jail uh, in yeah. that in that case. I, I don't believe that's the days case. is excessive. Though, yeah, so I, I agree. Really excessive. Yeah. For, for essentially, for those that don't know, what we're talking about. You can go to freekeen.com or copblock.org and and scroll down, and you'll find the video footage of this. Uh, Ademo, who is uh, from libertyontour.com, spoke out in a, a very negative fashion in in court, and it was pretty, you know. As it was described in the newspaper, profanity laced tirade. Uh, he was very upset at what the the people, the, the man in the robe, and, and his associates were doing there, and he made it very clear. Right. And so, as a result, they shackled and, him. And I think it was inappropriate behavior. And right. but you know, kicking him out of court. If if this occurred any place else in the world, somebody's just going to say, "Hey." Quit your foul mouth diatribe and get out of here. Well, I don't and know about it, that. In some other places, he might have been executed. But well, I, I'm talking about any place. That, uh, normal people are going to kick you out of their store, their home, or, or whatever. Right, exactly. Any non-government talk, place. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, thanks, David, for the call. I appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves. And if you call a different number right now, you can win a two-pack of the Totasack. Help you bring those groceries back in from the car, probably in one trip. Go to totasack.us to learn more about it. And call in at 603-435-1105 if you want to win. That's 603-435-1105. There's more Free Talk Live coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. 
We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, including the shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And you can get interactive there, and if you are a lady listener, you can actually become part of the Shrine. Get the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. So much of the uh, United States has been cold and covered in snow recently. How does a uh, cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, although there will certainly be some speeches and a debate. It's an unconference where the event is what you want to make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf... And a lot more to do. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now. The deadline is March the 1st. The, the rates are as low as $535. Double, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. All right. So 800-259-9231. We can continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Let's go to Greg in Massachusetts. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live with the NJJ and Mark. How's it going, guys? Hey, so, Greg. Uh, What's on your mind tonight? I just got home from work, so I'm just tuning in. But have you guys heard the reports that Egypt has shut down the entire Internet in that country, as well as SMS text messages as of tonight regarding uh, further protests being planned? This wow. Se- this seems to be the, uh, you know, the, the way they do it now. Um, you know, the countries that are having the problems as far as uh, people speaking out against the government taking to the streets that kind of thing they're shutting they're shutting down facebook they're shutting down twitter it's an they're important shutting down the internet it's important for uh, activists to have a backup plan in these instances and i mean it's it seems unbelievable that something like that could happen because we're so used to having the internet in our lives but the internet service providers and, and as you mentioned earlier jj when we were talking about these uh, protests and these revolutions in detail in tunisia the the isp is the government so yes. it's no problem for them to shut down the internet if they want to i don't know what the situation is in egypt do you how do they Greg? deal with the sms uh, text messages um i don't know the exact um the exact situation. Supposedly, so protesters, though, if they have a backup plan, protesters are circumventing the blocks uh, by using mobile applications, which apparently still work, and I guess uh, some sort of like proxy websites uh, can be used. So apparently, there's still um, like some way to get in, but it says here that the DSL landline and 3G services have all been taken offline in Cairo and. I've been unable to access um, the servers of Egyptian news agencies. I can't access the servers. Wow, that's desperate. They- it, is, it is a good sign that things are not going their way, and the mm-hmm. government is doing its last-ditch last efforts to preserve their their grip on the, the tyranny. And, um, 
Facebook has also confirmed, because Facebook was asked about it, and Facebook has confirmed that their traffic from Egyptian users has dropped off. Thanks for the heads up on that, Greg. Anything else you want to share? No, that's all. Thanks. Appreciate guys. hearing from work. you at 800-259-9231. JJ, you're right. I mean, that is definitely an indicator that uh, communication is destroying the legitimacy of the government. It's putting it in jeopardy, and they just can't have people talking. Right. You, here, you here, in Qu- here in Keene, we've got two-way radios that we use uh, to coordinate efforts with activists. It's a good backup system. That's but right. also uh, ham radios, uh, shortwave radios are also handy to have if you want to talk from one regional area to another regional area. And uh, that needs to be a little better, I think, put together. It's, it, it's it is in its a, initial stages. It's more sophisticated right than than what people really think, because you do have to understand some of the radio functionality. You have to understand antennas a little bit in order to broadcast at a certain frequency with the most amplitude you can get. It's true. However, it is possible to kind of plug and play. If you've got some radio rats or radio geeks that know what they're doing when it comes to installing these things, you could just have them go around and install multiple uh, setups for people. And then once it's installed, it's pretty much plug and play. I mean, you, tr- you flip it on, you turn to the right channel, and you click the you know click the push to talk button, and you're you're on the air basically. Yes, uh, barring any sort of weather conditions or or other phenomenon. Yes. Uh, so it's it's definitely worth uh, putting time into. the The trick there is that there's an investment, there's a cash investment involved in, say, getting a base station, getting an antenna, like a real antenna, because we've got different types. We've got the handhelds, which are good for cross-talking, you know, in between maybe in the downtown area, but it's certainly handheld-to-handheld is not going to get outside of town. Then you've got more of like the base station slash mobile rig. We can put a mobile unit in your car or your truck. You can hook a base station up or hook a mobile up as a base station at your home and put that, connect that to an antenna that's like 16 feet tall and up on top of your roof or That's something right. like that then you can actually talk back and forth between different uh, cities and, and different uh, towns and that's really useful but you're looking at an investment of a few hundred dollars it's not a lot mind no it's you, not but it is an investment it's investment of money it's an investment of time for something that really is only going to be useful in activist circumstances and perhaps emergency circumstances well if you also those people that are into the ham radio or, or the shortwave radio uh, shortwave would be more for from one side of the planet to the other, whereas the ham is more the mid in mid range, mm-hmm. because the the shortwave actually works by bouncing off the ionosphere. Yep. So then you can talk to like Russia from from here. But um, I think a lot of people, if they they realize the value of communication, especially in crisis situations, that. Having these backup systems is well worth that small investment that you talked about. I think so. I found it incredibly useful when we are doing activism. Whenever the ra- uh, the activists on the ground have two-way radios in their hands, it has in many instances been very, very useful to assist with communications. Because as uh, Greg was pointing out, if they shut down a cell phone network, if they lean on Sprint or whoever, the different providers, and say, all right, shut her down. Uh, they're going to do it. The corporations, as we talked about before, corporations are essentially do boys uh, for the government. I mean, they they have asked the government for permission to have lo- a limited liability, and in return, they're the government's bitch. So when the government comes along and says, "We want to see your information," or "We want you to shut down this service," or "We want you to do this and that," they usually will do it. Sometimes they'll respond with a lawsuit, and that'll take years to resolve. But in the meantime, they usually obey whatever it is the government demands. So they come in and they shut down Sprint. They shut down all the other uh, phone providers, you can't use that cell phone. You thought you'd be able to call your friends in an emergency on it. Sorry, it's been turned off. At that point, two-way radio is really your only option.
Yeah, I think I think a good point to make with all of this is that you see the, uh, the the providers as business people, and sure they care about their customer and they care about collecting that revenue. But at the same time, a lot of these monopolies are maintained by their government ties, and they understand that in order for me to be this huge market shareholder without competition and without other people breaking into my market, I need that government backing up my grip on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these big companies are just going to roll over with whatever you know orders or executive orders come from the president or whoever else makes them. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. So one of the things I'm looking to do this spring when the ground thaws out is have a have a pole installed on the side of my house and, and put that antenna up there so I can you know talk to other people that are in different uh, different areas. And I think the more people that we can get doing that, the better prepared we'll be for some sort of eventuality like this. And you know even if that day doesn't come here in America, which I hope it doesn't because I sure do love the Internet. I'd hate to see it shut down. I don't know what I would do with my days. Um, but if that probably read some books, but uh, if that, if that actually happened, we'd have the ability to communicate. And that's so important. Communication is the critical aspect in what these revolutions that we've been talking about here, because people have been able to talk online and they've been able to trade ideas and ideas and memes and concepts have been able to spread without the the former go-betweens, without the world of academia getting in the way or without the mainstream media getting in the way. Just person-to-person interaction. That is what has been spurring the change. And it's what's spurring the change here in this country. As we pointed out before, Free Talk Live, this radio program, would not exist if it weren't for the Internet. Well, also, we can get into one other point about the cable network still being there. Even if they shut off the Internet, you're still interconnected with your neighbors if you're using cable because it's one massive network. That's true. Are there reverse ways to You can uh, to definitely that? use those wires to communicate. Very interesting. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to share your thoughts with us. The remaining moments of Free Talk Live are coming up. 800-259-9231. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. time for your call 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 joining you tonight it's Ian JJ and Mark uh, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com you can enjoy the features that we give to you on the site totally free if you like the show and you want to help support free talk live one way you can do that is by becoming an amplifier go to amp.freetalklive.com and for as little as three bucks a month you can get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, as well as the uh, the commercial-free AMP podcast. There's that, but 
another reason to do it is if you really like the show and you want to help get more people tuned in, well, that's what the Amp Dollars do. We take those three bucks in that you, you contribute and we turn it right back around, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations, bring more internet listeners on board. So give you one example of what we do. Um, we occasionally, a radio station won't have the equipment that they need to receive the show. They, you know, for whatever reason, maybe in a smaller market, they don't have the satellite receiver that's necessary. We'll buy it for them. Not a problem. Hey, you agree to put us on. We'll buy this receiver for you. And it's the Free Talk Live amplifiers that uh, that make that possible. It also sends us to radio conventions where we schmooze it up with the industry bigwigs and, of course, do advertising to more radio stations. It's it's because of listeners like you uh, contributing $3 a month to the AMP program. That's why we're on coming up on 100 stations. Not quite. We're in the 90s. And it's it's going to go up from here, and it's all thanks to you. It's, it's it's easier now for us to bring stations on than it was in the past. So your your amp dollars are actually more valuable now uh, than they ever were as a result of that. So your three dollars is actually worth more to us today than it was five years ago because you know our ads are more effective. We're we've been in the business for a long time. People are are seeing our logos. They're they're knowing who we are. They know who I am because I call uh, radio stations during the daytime. And I talk to these guys, and it's thanks to listeners like you for amping. So go to amp freetalklive.com you can help us out that way and we really appreciate it that's amp.freetalklive.com if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections SACL CAI does collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you their staff is respectful they record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible see their banner at freetalklive.com at SACL CAI and they're the top banner on the right-hand side of the page. All right. Continuing here uh, with your phone calls. Ladies first, Laura is listening in Ithaca, New York to WNYY. Hello, Laura. Hi there. Hey. Um, appreciate your mentioning how important it is for uh, citizen activists and people who are concerned about free speech to get online in other ways besides uh, cell phones and the Internet. Uh, ham radio and shortwave radio are great, especially in repressed countries like Burma and Egypt, Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just wanted to make a comment, and I'll listen to your, your uh, comments off the air, but um, you mentioned that companies like Sprint and so forth will just lie down and do what the government tells them. I might point out that it's actually the other way around in this country. What do you mean by that? That corporations tend to dictate what government does more so than the other way around. Well, yes and it's no. It's a hand-in-hand yeah. scenario. They're um, really buddy, bed buddies, I mean, essentially. Right. Yeah. The, the corporations have no problem doing what the government wants in, that, in, in some areas, and, and in return, the government has no problem allowing corporations to write their own regulations yep. and things like that. Or to run the uh, regulatory boards, for instance. It's a, it's a hand-in-hand scenario. Um, but you'll have right. to remember that the power that's exerci- exercised over you and and I can't doesn't come from the corporations. It comes from the government. So if the ping, if the the corporations may be the finger on the trigger, the government's the gun. Well, as you said, they go hand in hand. Right. I, I think Thanks. also during peacetime, uh, it's a little bit different than wartime. In wartime, when the state feels threatened, it will do whatever it can to defend itself or whatever it's possible. Um, but as far as peacetime or whatever you want to call it when things aren't going so bad or isn't a crisis then yes i think the business does have more say and they can spend their money to get politicians to vote whichever way they feel they need to vote 
Thanks, Linda. Well, I can't remember a time that wasn't a wartime lately. Yeah, yeah, no no doubt. It's an endless war. Well, government needs war. Thank thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. Government needs war. It's an important tool that it uses to expand itself. Uh, Was it Randall Bourne that uh, said famously that uh, war is the health of the state? I don't. I, be- know I believe so, and he's absolutely right about that. Because uh, when the state is who's involved the great in presidents, all great presidents. presidents have to have killed, been responsible for the deaths of many, many, many people. The more they've killed, the greater they are, right? right? According right. to historians, which is why Abraham Lincoln is such a great president because he killed so many, so many good Americans. Yeah, he more killed, than any other president. Right, he must be really great because he killed his own people. Right, I mean that's especially great. You there. have to be really caring to kill your own people. Yeah. They were the naughty ones, though. Uh, so we're going to continue here and uh, bring on Scott the Bigot, uh, listening in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Scott? Good evening, with. gentlemen. How are you? Oh, just great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, I listened to Barack Hussein Obama's speech, and uh, this uh, this black is way over his head. I don't consider him a president. Uh, he got in because he's a uh, he... puppet master for our Zionist-occupied government. Make no mistake about it. Uh, the Goldman Sachs, Bear Stearns, and the other evil international Jewish bankers on Wall Street installed him. George Soros, you know who George Soros is. He's a uh, Jewish uh, banker who's uh, made billions uh, playing uh, uh, currency games on Wall Street. And uh, he uh, is installed by the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. The American- How is uh, Barack Obama different than George Bush? He's black. <laughs> is that, I mean, is that, that. Is that well, the only yeah, There's a little bit of melanin, and, extra melanin and let me tell in his skin, something. certainly. The American people deserve what they get. And forget that oh, Barack Hussein Obama is black. And I use the word Hussein because he's a Muslim and he's Technically, black. he's a mulatto for what he's it's worth. He's a mulatto. He's definitely not a white But that's, angle, that's black Scott. enough for you, right, yeah, Scott? A, a Anybody with a, a, a generally considered a pejorative term, um, at least it was used in that uh, at, at times. What's a better term? In that one, a mixed? Mixed, I guess. He's, he's definitely mixed. not a he's, uh, not a, he's mongrelized. He's not a white oh, Anglo-Saxon oh, Protestant. But We're let me all tell you something. mongrelized. By your okay. by your I'm mind, uh, by your hate-filled, bigoted mind, Scott uh, is is Barack Obama worse? Excuse me. Is is a full on black person worse than a uh, a mix, a half and half? Worse is than it, a what? Is a full on one hundred percent black person uh, worse in your mind than someone who's only fifty percent black? They're both horrible. So is it as soon as you get a percentage, like a point, you know, two percent, or he something? He said one like, drop of black blood. He's, he said in the past. That's right. That's I'm just trying to, you know, understand here. That's uh, makes, there's makes no understanding this. You know what? what? Uh, speaking of somebody that there's no understanding, if you can just hang on for one moment, Scott. Somebody wants to yeah. talk to you. We actually have somebody who has been waiting to talk to you, and I, I right. hopefully our board op can do this. Is it possible to bring on Linda in Washington uh, with Scott the bigot, Linda? Hopefully we can bring you on here and do a little conference call. I didn't give the board up a heads up on this uh, in advance, so if it's not possible, I understand. But Scott, I want you to concentrate on this call and be sure to answer her questions. I will. Okay. Okay. Are we? Is Linda there? Do we have Linda? He may need to be transferred to like a special line or something like this, so it may it may not end up working out. Uh, but uh, anyway, Linda is on the Hello. line here. Hello. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Hey, Linda, you're on with Scott. Hello. Yep, you're on yes, with Scott. I'm here. You're both of you on. Linda, you're on the air. You need to go and talk. Start talking, Linda. You're usually pretty good at this, so go right ahead. World fast for peace. You're going to fast for peace? Yes. I don't understand what I don't understand what she said. If the whole world fasted like Gandhi, we would see great results for this struggle to survive a uh, world order. That's there's never going to, There's never going to be any peace among the races. The whole is Adolf Hitler said in Mein Kampf. 
all of life well, is they're the system. original sun worshippers. What's that? <laughs> We're not sun worshippers. This whole world is... Sure, that's is, where is, they got the black pigment. Well, <laughs> what? You sound like you're on drugs, dear. It sounds like, it sounds like you're, you're a flower anyone, child. You're pumped up on drugs. Any woman who doesn't agree with you is on drugs or something. No, I, at least I'm coherent, dear. I, have, I may be a racist and anti-Semite, but I have all my faculties. Well, racism and sexism are one. As uh, uh, what's her you're, name? You're you're one of those love love, love mankind, love thy neighbor, and uh, I am too. And thank you both for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. That is the one thing I can certainly agree with uh, the lady on. Normally, I can't understand a word that she says, but I think <laughs> I think Scott the uh, the bigot did interpret her correctly, and that she is interested in peace. And I like that. Yep, I'm all in favor of that. And I understand that in order to have peace, we need to understand that human beings are human beings, regardless of what their uh, skin color is or uh, the color of their eyes are and regardless of the plot of land on which they were born uh, coming to that conclusion first is an important fact and then breaking down these uh, these man-made and government created walls that have been put up between those human beings called borders and things like that uh, to just destroy those ideas and bring people back together I'm all in favor of that I don't know if fasting is going to do it now, I could use a couple of days of fasting I could tell you I've got about 15 pounds I could lose <laughs> I'd like to take credit by the way for uh, coming up with the, the idea, idea of putting Scott oh and Linda God. on at the same time together to talk to each Priceless. other. Priceless. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Homeless John is there uh, in the remaining moments. Last 20 seconds for you, John. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> what do you say? say something yeah, profound. Here we go. Go ahead, John. Ten seconds now. Go. Yeah. I need money, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America. Oh, man. Thanks for the call. You can tell profound. us more about why on another night. We're out of here for now. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we'll witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. Now, this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but he's usually right. He predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at endofamerica.com. 19.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, it's endofamerica19.com. That's the numeral 19. That's endofamerica, the numeral 19.com.